Hey, Unnaturalists, I'm Emily. I'm Andy. And welcome to, uh, what, season four? Season four. I almost said season three because (laughs) I don't know what's happening. Um, Season four. Lucky number four, maybe? I don't know. But here we are. We are really excited to be back for another season. We have some fun stuff planned for this season. I don't want to give too much away, but it's going to be exciting. And we're creeping up on our 100th episode too, Emily. And I think we're going to do some fun stuff for that too. Yeah, we absolutely are because that's a huge milestone for us and for any podcast in general, I think. For sure. And it's so cool to see how much the podcast has grown over the last few years and even over the summer people still downloading still finding it for the first time and all of the new followers we've gotten all over the world it's crazy because i was just looking at our analytics and like 20 percent of our audience is international now which is awesome to see and thanks for giving us the love more big things coming up in the next couple of months here for sure You are kicking us off this season. Mm -hmm. What are we talking about today? Well, picture this, Emily. Well. You've been invited over to an acquaintance's home for lunch. You're mainly there for moral support as there's kind of been some friction as of late between the host and their guests. But who's going to turn down a free meal, right? I'm not going to turn down a free meal probably ever. Right. And it's not just any meal. For this lunch, your hostess has prepared a delicious beef wellington, which is high quality steak wrapped in a delicious pastry crust and then baked. And as a garnish, a mushroom sauce has been glazed over the top of the wellington, making this one of the best meals maybe you've had in months. Maybe ever. (laughs) Right. I love Beef Wellington. When you're offered seconds, you gladly accept, knowing that you'll likely not have a meal this tasty in a long time. A few hours later, after you've arrived back at home, you begin to get a headache. Mm -hmm. You take some pain medication, but doesn't really seem to help. In fact, the headache has gotten profoundly worse. I don't like that. You're breaking out into hives now. There's red splotches all over your face and chest. You stand up and realize you feel faint, dizzy, and nauseous. Abdominal pain becomes excruciating, so much that you vomit. Unfortunately, by this point, most of your food has already been digested, and you've passed the point of no return. You're being rushed to the nearest hospital, but your blood pressure has dropped dramatically. As you're in the ambulance, just at the point where you begin to lose consciousness, the EMT is attempting to gather as much information as they can. You vaguely hear them ask you about what you've eaten today, and the only word you're able to utter before everything turns to black is mushroom. Something very similar to this occurred recently in Australia, where three people tragically died within a span of hours after eating beef wellington glazed with mushrooms. 
But these weren't just any mushrooms, Emily. Investigators found that mixed in with ones that were purchased at local markets were the wild deathcap mushrooms. One of the most toxic and lethal things that grow on this planet. This is the story of the mushroom killings of Australia. Erin Patterson says she wants to clear the record. I'm devastated. I love them. Revealing she had used mushrooms that she bought from the local supermarket, as well as other dried mushrooms from an Asian grocery store. In a bombshell statement sent to homicide detectives, Erin Patterson admitted she made the lunch, but that doesn't prove she intended to harm anyone, which makes this an incredibly complex investigation with contradictions between her statement and what detectives have previously... So today's case, Emily, is kind of a developing one. It's out of Leangatha, Australia, which is a small town in the state of Victoria, about 85 miles southeast of the city of Melbourne. I am familiar with Melbourne. Yeah. And just to give you and our listeners some insight here, compared to Melbourne, which is the second biggest city in the country with a population of around 5 million people, Leangatha is a quiet town. Most people wouldn't even be able to find it on a map, to be honest. It's home to about 5,000 people. And before this incident took place, it was probably most famous for its Daffodil Festival held every September. Cute. In fact, it literally just took place last week. So if you were thinking about a road trip to Australia, you'll have to wait until next year. Sorry. That's, that's fine. And side note, I know that we've got a number of listeners in Australia, so... Look, if I pronounced anything incorrectly or missed any information in regards to this case, feel free to reach out to us on our socials or you can email us, unnaturalapodcast at gmail.com. Nice plug. So Aaron Patterson grew up in the Australian state of Victoria, and not a whole lot has come out about her early life, at least that I could find, mainly because up until last month, Aaron was just a normal 48-year-old mother of two living in the South Gippsland part of the state. She had met her now estranged husband, Simon, while attending college. And from what I could find, the two married around 2006. Not long after, they had two children, a son and a daughter. Now, Aaron and Simon were married for a number of years before things began to fall apart. But by all accounts, it sounds like they maintained a fairly amicable relationship after their separation, largely, I think, for the sake of their children. Right. Now that brings us to this summer. On July 29th, Aaron was hosting a lunch at her home in Leangatha. Seven people were expected to attend this lunch including her estranged husband, Simon, their two children, both of Simon's parents, Gail and Don, who were both 70 years old, Gail's sister, 66-year-old Heather Wilkinson, and her husband, 68-year-old Ian Wilkinson. Is that enough names for you? That's too many. I am probably going to ask for clarification as we continue to go through. It's funny... The hardest part of being on this podcast when you're not the one who's hosting it is remembering all the names that the other person is telling you, I swear. 
<laughs> yeah, especially when we have cases like this where there's like a lot of players involved. Right. So by most of the accounts I've read, Aaron's objective for this lunch was actually to win Simon back and to make her case to his family why they should be together again, which seems a bit odd to me. I can only speak for myself, but I can't ever see myself asking my ex, her parents, and her parents' sibling and spouse to, oh, yeah, come over for lunch so I can argue my case to get her back. Yeah, that's a little weird. Like, because she led with that? Like, they all knew that's what the purpose of this lunch was, allegedly? From what I understand, that's why they all knew that they were getting together there. Okay, that's... That's... That's weird. That's weird. I mean, like, if you're divorced and you have kids together, like, I could understand if you just, like, wanted to have, like, a big family dinner one night. That's fine. But, like, you're just going to be like, hey, I've gathered you all together here today (laughs) to plead my case (laughs) onto why we shouldn't get back to... No! (laughs) First of all, it's 2023. We are not begging for men back. (laughs) (laughs) that's not what we're doing okay if anything it's usually the other way around these days now her idea was that if she got everybody together she could convince them all that it was in the family's best interest that her and simon reunite and rekindle their marriage do we know like why they got divorced Not a whole lot. Um, There are a few things that I'll let you in on here in a little bit. Okay. But again, it sounds like at least... I'm not sure if they were actually divorced. It sounds like maybe they were in the process or just separated. Because everything everything I've read said that he's her estranged husband. Got it. So that was her idea. And Ian Wilkinson, Simon's mother's brother-in-law if that makes sense uh he was actually he is actually a pastor and i guess he was expected to kind of be the mediator at this lunch you know he's a pastor he's well respected and he's the guy that's going to kind of be mediating things between the two and making sure that things don't kind of go off the rails here okay now As you may have already guessed, Simon's parents, Gail and Don, weren't exactly the biggest fans of Aaron Patterson. Shocking. Right. And she definitely knew that they weren't her biggest fans. So the fact that they even showed up for this lunch, kind of a bit of a surprise. But guess who didn't bother showing up to this lunch? Her estranged husband. Yeah. The whole reason she's having this shindig to begin with. Simon, her estranged husband, apparently he said at the last minute that something else had come up and he wouldn't be able to attend. Now, (laughs) you would think that since the entire points of this lunch was to convince everyone, most notably her estranged husband, Simon, that she and him should get back together, that if he backed out, 
she would just cancel the whole damn thing. But fun fact, no. So the lunch proceeded with Aaron, her two children, Don and Gail, and Heather and Ian. That's so weird. Isn't it? so uncomfortable. Awkward. Mm. So like, after all that, after all that ballyhoo, he doesn't even show. Doesn't even show. Doesn't even show. But maybe her thinking was, look, I've already cooked this amazing dinner. With poison. I might as, allegedly. Allegedly. I might as well serve it to everyone. Now, Aaron's four guests were served the beef wellington glazed with mushrooms. I mentioned that in the open. But Aaron, on the other hand, served her children and herself a different meal. Mm. Say it with me. Sus. Sus. Now, I've heard a few different reports of this. One was that she and her kids ate the beef wellington without the mushrooms. The other was that they ate a different meal entirely. But really, either way, they didn't eat the mushrooms. Mm. I wonder why. I know. Allegedly. Later that night, after everyone had gone back to their respective homes, all four of Aaron's guests who attended the lunch that afternoon began to complain of nausea and abdominal pain all around exactly the same time. And all four of them were admitted to the local hospital around exactly the same time the next morning. There were reports of a fifth person admitted to the hospital that morning suffering from some of the same issues. And Erin herself has stated that she was that person. She told police that she did eat a portion of the meal just like everybody else. Well, I don't know if that's exactly true, but she did say she went to the hospital and she was suffering from diarrhea and stomach pains and that the physicians gave her a liver protective drug, which saved her. However, there's still some investigation that's going on into this matter as to whether or not she was actually suffering from the same issues that everybody else was. Or maybe it was allegedly a ruse. I bet you she wasn't. To get anyone else who may have thought she had some, something to do with this off her tail. Or maybe she went to the hospital after she learned about what happened to everyone else and wanted to play it safe. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. So at the time of this recording, again, this just happened a matter of weeks ago. We just don't know right now. More information I'm sure will be coming out in the next few weeks and months. Initially, doctors believed that the four older patients had some sort of non-life-threatening food poisoning. I'm not sure if you've ever been there, but I have. One time I had some cheese curds from a fair and I was down for the count for like two or three days after that. Yeah. I've gotten food poisoning before. Not fun. Not Not fun. Not a good time. Don't, don't recommend zero out of 10. They might've also thought that maybe it was a gastrointestinal issue. However, as the people's conditions continued to deteriorate, physicians decided to, move all four of them to a hospital 
better equipped to deal with their condition in the Melbourne metro area. But sadly, their conditions did not improve. And on August 4th, Gail Patterson, Simon's mother, and Heather Wilkinson, Gail's sister, both died in the hospital. The following day, Don Patterson, Simon's father, also died. So three deaths in a span of 24 hours, all from the same issues with the same symptoms. A little suspicious. A little... A lot suspicious. A little a little bit. Yeah, I would say so. And like the doctors really had no idea what was going on. I think around I this time... They were like they starting that to. They had probably eaten something. They poisonous. knew that they were all at the same lunch together, so they were tr- starting to kind of place the pieces of the puzzle together. Yeah. Miraculously, at the time of this recording, Ian Wilkinson, the sixty-eight-year-old pastor and husband of Heather, is still alive. I just read an article from yesterday that said he is awaiting a liver transplant. Because apparently, what some doctors have said is these death cap mushrooms basically melt your liver down to nothing. Nope. And only a small portion of these mushrooms is needed to kill someone. In fact, you don't even need to ingest an actual mushroom if you just ingest some of the juices from the mushroom. That's enough to kill you. That's how toxic these things are no none for me it doesn't sound like uh and are these like common in australia they are found in many places in australia in fact they're found throughout the united states too most notably on the east and west coasts but we'll get more into the mushrooms in a moment but it doesn't sound like Ian's out of the woods yet by any means, but the fact yeah. that he's lived this long is definitely encouraging right now. Right. And something to note, while they were in the hospital in the waiting room area, Aaron had mentioned something about the food dehydrator that she used to cook the food and her estranged husband simon was also there and he allegedly interrupted her by saying is that what you used to kill them oh as it turns out simon had good reason to be suspicious of what was going on as the same thing happened to him just a year before intrigued by the dark side of things like murder, kidnapping, and sex cults? What about when the criminal is your favorite musician or actor or director or writer? 
Hollywood might look like all glitz and glamour until you take a closer look. But I'll tell you one thing, that kind of point of view can make you more vulnerable. From Roman Polanski to Mackenzie Phillips to Judith Barsi to Kurt Cobain, some are predators and some are prey. I'm Dee Dee West, and I just might ruin your childhood. Follow my podcast, Broken Limelight, where I cover celebrity true crime stories. For more information, visit BrokenLimelight.com. Again, that's Broken Limelight. Follow it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. So back in 2022, Simon made a post in a Facebook group he was in about his near-death experience. Apparently, it was some basketball group he was in where he would get together with other guys in the area and play basketball. And he posted this, which someone, after all of this went down, gave to the media. And he said, quotes, I collapsed at home, then was in an induced coma for 16 days, through which I had three emergency operations, mainly on my small intestine, plus an additional planned operation. My family were asked to come and say goodbye to me twice, as I was not expected to live. End quote. Why do we know? Something he ate. Mm. And... Again, more is going to come out of this in the near future, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. He hasn't had a sit down with the media or anything like that, to my knowledge. But from what I gather, this was some sort of food poisoning issue. Pretty sus. And what have we talked about before with, like, women killers? Poison is their number one... I don't know. I would say, yeah, it's probably the way they kill the most, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I will say that I haven't seen anything to suggest that he's ever said that Aaron had anything to do with his near-death experience, but... Pretty suspicious. And something definitely worth mentioning. As of the time of this recording, Australian police have not named Aaron Patterson as a suspect in this case, but they are in the process of an investigation as they believe it is criminal in nature, and she has been named as a person of interest. And remember when I told you about the food dehydrator? hmm Well, she reportedly told police that after that comment that, Simon had made to her that she threw it away. That's also a little on the sus side because why would you throw away the food dehydrator that was used to cook this food if you're innocent just because of a comment that somebody made? Because you're not innocent, allegedly. Seems a little on the sus side suspicious yeah yeah she basically said that she panicked and she threw away the food dehydrator that she didn't put poisonous mushrooms in yeah sure 
even though it looks pretty suspicious. Now, she did explain she had lied to police about this. And she did explain why she was coming out with this information now. She said, quote, I am now wanting to clear up the record because I have become extremely stressed and overwhelmed by the deaths of my loved ones. I am hoping this statement might help in some way. I believe if people understood the background more, they would not be so quick to rush judgment. Mm. Sure. Sure, Aaron. Okay, we believe you. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And something else worth noting that we haven't gotten into, uh, you asked about the death cap mushrooms before and whether or not they were found in this area. Well, Aaron Patterson is reportedly an expert at foraging for mushrooms, Emily. Oh, how about that? How convenient. Interesting. Well, I guess it's not convenient for her anymore, but... <laughs> right. This is something that numerous people have spoken about in recent weeks. In their words, and I'm paraphrasing here, she would most definitely know the difference between edible mushrooms and the deadly ones, especially the death cap mushrooms, as they are apparently quite abundant in the hilly area around the town of Liangatha. Hmm. Now, I don't know what these mushrooms look like, but like, could they be easily mistaken for something edible? I, again, I don't know enough about mushroom foraging. As we mentioned before, neither of us are big mushroom fans. Um, just by looking at the pictures of these mushrooms, and we'll put the pictures up on our socials, I don't know if they look different than edible ones or not. They are kind of big white mushrooms. Here is the definition of them. The death cap mushroom is a poisonous mushroom that is native to Europe. It is the deadliest mushroom to humans and is responsible for most mushroom poisonings worldwide. Death caps are also dangerous to pets. They are large mush mushrooms that can grow up to 15 centimeters across and 15 centimeters tall. They have a white cap with a yellow greenish top in the center. You know, yet another reason just to stay away from mushrooms, in my opinion. Yeah. And I, I apologize to any of our uh, mushroom eating fans listening right now, but. Have you I ever considered not? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of where we're at right now. Erin has repeatedly protested her innocence. Uh, she even just told reporters again that she didn't do anything. And she loves all the people who have died, and she is devastated that they are gone. This one's going to take a while to kind of figure out, but certainly things kind of point to the fact that something nefarious happened here, I would say. Yeah, allegedly. Because let's say, let's say, let's say though that she did do it because she wanted to unalive her estranged husband and 
his family. I find it interesting that she still allegedly like went through it, even though he didn't show yeah. up. Maybe like, that was still a good way she felt like she could punish him if she allegedly killed his family. Because it was his mom, his dad, and aunt and uncle, right? Yeah. And then, like, the one random kind of, like, far-off relative. Well, the uncle, who he's not blood-related to, is the one that's survived, at least as of the time of this recording. Okay. But yeah. And then her and the kids are fine because they, they ate allegedly ate... A separate meal. Different things. I mean, kids, I can understand not wanting to eat, like, the beef wellington, right? Because right. kids are kids. They tend to be picky eaters. They don't want to eat anything other than, like, chicken nuggets and grilled cheese. Right. Like, whatever that makes sense, that's fine. <laughs> but her? Yeah. And you're, like, an expert uh, forager, so I would assume that you probably, like, eat what you forage? What I read is, believe it or not, she doesn't... She has said that she doesn't like the taste of mushrooms, even though she's an expert forager, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Did to me. she say she didn't like mushrooms like before this happened, though? I don't know. I have only read after yeah. that. That is an interesting point if she's ever said that before. But I, I know a number of people who do like to go foraging for mushrooms in this part of the United States. A lot of people yeah. do that around the springtime where we live. And the morel mushrooms. Because yeah. you can sell them for like top dollar to like restaurants right. and shit. And people love them. But yeah, I tried one one time. Not for me. Yeah, I just, I, it's not, it's not my thing. But I don't think I've ever met someone who enjoys foraging for mushrooms that also doesn't enjoy eating them. Yeah, that's weird. But you do bring up a good point with the motive here. Alleged. Yeah, the alleged motive. It makes you wonder what a person's rationale would be. Maybe she, like you said, wanted to just take out the whole family. And if he wasn't there, well, at least she could take the rest of them out. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Remains to be seen. We'll probably never know since it seems like she's maintaining... Her innocence. But who knows? I mean... Who knows? Maybe. Maybe they'll have enough evidence and she'll crack and confess. Yeah. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Do have a few addendums, a few additions here, Emily, as I've scoured the internet. They did have the service for Gail and Don. It was in late August. Initially, there was some speculation in the media as to whether or not Erin Patterson would attend this service, because remember, she's still proclaiming her innocence. Some people thought maybe she would go to the service. Well, she decided not to attend, and I think that was the best for everybody Good. involved. But Gail and Don's son, Simon, Aaron's estranged husband, did speak, and he shared with those in attendance, what the husband and wife's final days were like. He said, quotes, it was no fluke that mom's final text message on our family group chat as she lay in the hospital was, quote, lots of love to you all. Oh, my God. End quote. And he went on to say that his parents were very much a team and the fact that they died only hours apart was kind of fitting for the relationship that they had. And 
I just thought that was something that should be shared about his parents. That just breaks your heart. It does. <laughs> and apparently, they always waved goodbye to each other and to their kids because they would say, you never know when it's going to be the last goodbye. And mm -hmm. as it turns out, this was the last goodbye. And that's why she wanted to share that on the family text thread there. I have a few things that don't really signify that Aaron did this, but they do outline her character a bit more. Um, I found something that in 2004, now keep in mind, Aaron was 29 years old when this happened. It was a long time ago. But in 2004, she lost her driver's license for 30 months and was fined $1,000 for crashing her vehicle in the eastern Melbourne suburb of Glen Waverly. Apparently, she had crashed her vehicle and fled the scene. And a few hours later, when they caught up with her, she submitted a breathalyzer test and she did she was even then over the limit twice the legal limit doesn't have anything to do with this case but it does outline her character a bit and does show that she's lied to police in the past and has committed some criminal acts in the past right now Aaron is listed as a suspect but she has not been charged yet so because this case is so new, I'm sure there's more that's going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks and months. And when it does, we will keep you posted on it in the episodes to come. And if you have any thoughts, feelings, mushroom-related experiences, um, head on over to our social media and share those stories with us. You can do so on Instagram, Unnatural the Podcast, on Facebook, Unnatural a True Crime Podcast, or send us an email, unnaturalthepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find these linked in the description of this episode. Good to be back. How was your summer, by the way? It was good. I went on vacation. Yeah. Seattle for the first time. What was the highlight of the trip? Staying on a boat? Yeah, cool. I stayed on a houseboat. Um, that was really cool. That was really cool and a lot of fun. Like I went like out on the kayak on the lake. Um, I forgot how hard kayaking is if you haven't done it for a really long time. Yeah. And like it really takes some muscle. It, it takes some muscle. Like my shoulders got a good workout. Um, I rented one of those little like electric bike things nice. and just like rode around the city. I did the Space Needle, the Mopop Museum, the Pike Marketplace, of course. That nice. was super fun. So you got um, to see them like throw the fish and stuff? I did watch them throw the fish. Yeah. I got to see the first ever Starbucks location. Yeah. Which how about I, that? um, I didn't get a coffee from there because when I got there, the line was super long. Like I would have been in line for more than an hour and yeah. thanks, but no thanks. Like I love a Starbucks coffee, but I'm not, I don't love it that much, but I did take like a selfie in front of the building. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. What else did I do? I went on like a little boat tour. Did you? Yeah, just like around the bay. That was cool. We saw a whale and like a couple seals. Nice. 
And it didn't rain while you were there, right? It didn't rain once. No, wow. it was beautiful. It was like <laughs> upper 70s. Yeah, it was awesome. That's great. I went to Starbucks, that first Starbucks, when I went there the last time and had a coffee there. And I got to say, it was not that great of a coffee, <laughs> which I was expecting, you know, some amazing like coffee. Starbucks. Yeah, because it's the first one, but wasn't the best coffee. Yeah, bummer. There's always next yeah. time. I would like to go back. Yeah, it's a cool city. For sure. One, one of my faves. On that note, be sure to rate, subscribe, follow, share us with your friends. We'll talk to you soon. And as always, be sure to make good choices. And don't get got. Bye. Okay, so you are recording. I am this recording. This is being recorded. This is being recorded. Okay, yes. Great. So let's begin. <coughs> it's, a, it's a good beginning. Yes, thank you. Feel free to reach out to us on our socials, or you can email us unnaturalapodcast at gmail dot com. Right. Nice plug. That is the email, right? Yes. <laughs> I don't know what season we're on. You don't know what our email is. Right. So what you're saying is if you do get invited over to an acquaintance's house, maybe decline. Hold the mushrooms. Hold the mushrooms. Well, I don't Which like mushrooms, period. So. Me neither. I'm not a big fan. Like, even when I'm cooking a recipe and it asks for cream of mushroom soup I usually just use cream of chicken yeah I'm, I'm just not big on the fungus anything that's classified as a fungus I usually try and stay away from but that's just me you know that was the main reason when I was a kid like a teenager and you know friends would try and peer pressure me to, into eating mushrooms psychedelic ones I just didn't want to because mushrooms are disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That was yeah. probably my number one issue, I would say. That was absolutely my issue. This is the story of the mushroom killings of Australia. That's not our theme music. <laughs> It would be kind of a cool theme song, though, wouldn't it? Like, I'm thinking of like a heavy metal guitar and bass and drums. It, it sounds like Barracuda. Barracuda by heart. Yeah, maybe. Copyright. Barracuda. It was good. I went on vacation. Yeah. Seattle for the first time. Hello, Seattle. Something in the highlands. Something about parking lots. I forget the words. You did a pretty good job. Thank you.
There we go. First one in the books here. Look at that. Okay, are we ready to stop? 